0: So basic, basically there's some rumors about Lindbergh that he was into some some beliefs. Some beliefs, huh? Yeah. That's what we want to call it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like we're really, really uh you know, I mean he's an American hero. I get it. Yeah,
0: why why tarnish his name?
1: Yeah, Let's get not get that. into
0: semantics. Charles <laughs> or Lindbergh was anti- Charles anti- Lindbergh. Semantics? <laughs> <laughs> Charles uh, Lindbergh was a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> the CIA killed JFK. There's Martians under the DIA. Guess there's nothing left to say but birds ain't real. Disney's got a frozen head. Paul McCartney might be dead. News wants you to be misled because birds ain't real. Moon hmm. is hollow, Earth is flat. Government invented crack. The only thing we know for fact is birds ain't real. I really hoped, I was really hoping that he'd have like a 1920s gangster voice. Where's my kids? Eh? The dingo ate my bite. How eh? much McDonald's did you eat, dude?
2: A burger and some
1: fries. Fucking, uh, I was gonna say, because said you were gonna be here at eight. Oh, he froze. Ew. Oh, God. Yeah, he may not like until he gets this dongle. Like, he needs to figure. He might need to figure his shit out. Can you even hear us talking shit about your internet? Yeah. He <laughs> may be able to hear us, but bitch ass internet doesn't let him respond. Like, you me? you're cutting out hardcore. Yeah, real ears. bad. I hear
0: you. You sound like internet. you're on the worse, wrong side.
1: Worse internet than fucking Kansas fucking internet. <laughs> <M&S>. <laughs> and you're still frozen. Looks like, dear diary, fucking, today I fucking ate a cheeseburger and fries for a half hour at McDonald's and fucking dropped off this call. <laughs> so, yeah, like, the banter could just be all shitting on his a- internet, dude. I mean, I'm just, like, and I love how, like, between the resolution and his, cl- uh, like, earth tone, colored, uh, style of clothing in the background of his earth tone RV. It's like I'm looking at a black and white photo for a second. It's a lot better now actually. Yeah.
0: Say something.
2: I'm here. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Much better what now.
2: Differently? I nothing. It just disconnected and reconnected itself and now it's good. I was so... gonna see the
0: say the lighting looked better, but then
1: now it's back to like black and white dude like you're doing like a um Edgar Allan Poe type get up or something like that.
0: We're gonna need to start wearing 1990s windbreakers at all times.
1: Yeah, dude. Like he <laughs> okay. like and like w- I like that we're relying on this like magical like dongle internet dongle. I, I love like, get the word fucking dongle.
0: I fucking uh, I suggested it to somebody today.
2: Oh really? The, yeah. The Calyx dongle. really don't yeah. fucking know if that shit works, dude.
0: Heard it from a friend who heard it from, from it? a friend who there's a dongle that's been passing the internet around. Dongle is my new favorite word in the world.
1: Dongle, it's a very good word. Yeah, you know, it's uh, fun. Do you ever, uh, do you use like Amazon Prime for like movies yeah, or dude. whatever? And it's, it's a legitimate true. word too because yeah. those like fire sticks, too, like turn anything into a smart TV. Yeah, you
0: know? I use Roku for that. Fun.
1: Roku's so uh, popular these days; they just be building them in TVs.
0: Yeah. So. If you don't want to buy the little Roku fucking box to plug into your TV, just buy a Roku TV that's already smart on the inside.
1: Oh geez, it looks like he's like literally and like floating into the like sky <laughs> from. Oh, and he drops again. <laughs> oh, he's frozen. That's why. <laughs> uh, Hopefully it like gets him actually fucking hopping up and on. Okay. You can't say he's shit. Still, he's still rare in that if Arizona. You do your, life. Uh, if you do any of your long winded shit, it's gonna be cut off and you're gonna freeze halfway through. I guess to fill time while I tries to uh,
0: Are you there? I see him moving.
1: Unplug his browser. Uh Here's some other things on my I, desk. Here's a uh, Sid Vicious WCW trading card signed by independent pro wrestler Effie. <laughs> that uh, is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, he uh, lost his uh, t-shirts and stuff, or they, uh, and uh, the only thing he had to sign basically were these uh, a random trading cards. So I got Sid Vicious. Uh,
0: yeah, so that's that trading card may be worth money without that dude's signature.
1: Hey, it could be worth his signature one day. Uh, it's worth it to me with his signature. So, um, <laughs> and if you like it, that's all that matters. So, all right. I would so have laughed I in that
0: guy's face if he told me he was going to do that.
1: Fucking, I was actually excited. I knew ahead of time that that's something that had happened because I heard it. I follow him on Twitter. He had mentioned that, and I was like, Hey guys, I got
0: these Sid Vicious cards in the mail. No, it wasn't Sid own.
1: Vicious cards, there's a bunch of different ones. Uh, I think it was either like I was,
0: does he, was he do YouTube unboxing me. videos?
1: Uh, he was choosing for me between uh Sid Vicious and uh the Beverly Brothers, I believe. So, um, I definitely said I'm more of a psycho Sid type guy, so um, and that has disappeared entirely. I don't know if it's his computer fuck enough. So uh banter about fucking airports, huh?
0: No, I think I think we've we've been getting good banter making fun of making fun of uh wrestlers.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, somehow we're gonna have to segue into dead babies. So. Yeah. <laughs> but there's uh really uh no soft way to um
0: segue to dead babies.
1: Yeah. Well I guess uh Nothing as uh, soft as the, you know, uh, developing skull of a dead baby uh, or undeveloped skull of a dead baby. (laughs) That's smooth. (laughs) Welcome Uh, to Birds Ain't Real.
0: (laughs) We are talking about the Lindbergh baby case today. (laughs) Uh, Not just bashed in baby skulls.
1: Crime of the century. I mean, this isn't the first... uh, Dead baby we've talked about, but it's um it's the first real it's, it's
0: probably the first real dead baby we've talked about.
1: Yeah, because everyone knows that John Bennett Ramsey grew up <laughs> to become Katie Perry. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we cover that in another episode. So uh check us out on uh <laughs> fucking, I don't know, whatever we're uh gonna be on when we post this yeah. shit. But yeah, the
0: quote unquote crime of the century. But
1: who was Charles Lindbergh? Charles Lindbergh was the cheese ah. guy
0: yeah yeah he made cheese in Switzerland or somewhere No, he was probably the uh, most famous pilot ever uh
1: more famous more famous I'm still in your bit Amelia Earhart who's a woman
0: yes more famous than Amelia Earhart the and the the, diff- now, the difference uh, between i
2: have mean, never bigger <laughs> <Mr. laughs> yeah
0: until fuck you, dude. until you need to switch to your what?
1: phone. Yeah. No one even knows to switch what you, to are like talking about.
0: You are freezing everywhere. Right. Your
1: net's deader than the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Keep uh, jibber jabbing. I'll just switch to, I'll, I'll be there in a sec. Okay. We're, are we back to this? Charles Lindbergh was the most famous. It, yeah, he was probably the most famous pilot there's ever been. Even more famous than Sully Sullenberger.
1: I mean, that guy was basically a drunk, right? Um, I think that's what it was.
0: Sully? It was like, Sully Sullenberger? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. yeah. So and I... Amelia Earhart, you know.
0: <laughs> Amelia Earhart was cannibalized by uh you know, she Pacific got lost guys.
1: in the uh Bermuda Triangle, you know. No, nah, she, uh, she was on the other side know, of uh, the world. You always know uh, women and uh directions.
0: All right. <laughs> we'll do a millionaire right? someday.
1: <laughs>
2: she probably she probably pulled over the past section on that yeah, I just stopped her talking, Alex. Now.
1: You fucking sound like some fucking robotic redneck <laughs> dude. She probably fucking downtown, downtown.
2: Down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll try to speak as little as possible. You
0: guys got the show. Yeah, just
1: mute yourself.
0: So Lindbergh Lindbergh is famous because he flew from the first person to fly transatlantic from two major hubs, New York City and was it Paris or London? Paris. In a uh, single engine Ryan monoplane called the Spirit of the St. Louis, which was built specifically to fly from New York City to Paris.
1: So quick question do you know by chance how he like i mean carried that much fuel
0: the plane was like it was super light built to carry a bunch of fuel okay cool single engine makes it a little smaller i'm sure it how was long did that shit take that uh 33 and a half hours how would you it say up methamphetamine my friend uh, uh
1: probably <laughs> actually Combination of amphetamines.
0: Huh? Uh, it was 30, It's a thirty six hundred mile trip, which it's not the, it wasn't the first transatlantic flight. Their first one was eight years before that, but no one remembers the fucking guy who did a little bullshit. No,
1: I, I, I think I read about this. It was uh like two, uh, two guys.
0: Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's because Lindbergh was the first one to fly it solo as well. So yeah, it was it was a team of dudes. They only flew. Like sixteen hundred and fifty miles, seventeen hundred miles. Dude, so, I want
1: to, I want to write a movie about those guys, <laughs> and they're gay.
0: You know, <laughs> it could be like that. <laughs> it could be like that. Chris Farley, Matthew Perry, uh, film almost famous.
1: Exactly. Wait, were they gay in that?
0: There was some gay stuff that happened in there. There, Chris lo-
1: Farley and fucking Matthew Perry weren't gay, were they? No, no. Oh, okay
0: you could be like Brokeback Mountain meets the Aviator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: All right. So, the, what year was this? The Gaviators. the Gaviators?
0: <laughs> yeah. Ex- boom. Uh, it was not. It was. It took him t- th- thirty-three hours between May twentieth and twenty-first of nineteen twenty-seven. Okay. So he d- he makes this flight and he's fucking instantly uh, 1998's Man of the Year by Time Magazine. Uh, he was given the fucking Congressional Gold Medal. He was given uh, a Medal of Honor. The French gave him their versions of those two medals. He was just. How fucking...
1: many different women do you think sucked his dick?
0: Man, I ha- I have an article here uh, about how much of a whore he was, dude. Really? Yes. <laughs> uh, Seriously. Yes, the Charles Lindbergh House uh, House and Museum has an article called his, uh, "Lindbergh's Double Life." So when Lindbergh Lindberg was 55 years old, when he was 55, he met a 31-year-old hat maker from Germany and started an affair with her that ended when he died in
1: 1974. Mediocre hats. Fucking yeah. excellent blowjobs. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: <though. laughs> great great, pu- great pussy, but the hat's a little, a little tilted.
2: <laughs> Nothing sexier than a German hat maker, is what I always say.
0: Uh, he was also having a long-term affair with her sister. Marietta and a third woman, Valeska. Uh, this is all. This is all confirmed from his diaries. He was this a. Horn- like that. He uh, was a horn dog, dude.
1: That like uh like <laughs> it was that P D Pablo song like the like Sharonda and Lakisha like again, that's what I'm thinking but like yeah yeah, fucking, yeah is that P D Pablo fucking,
0: yeah. yeah it's P D okay. Pablo. <laughs>
1: Shout out to Petey Pablo.
0: So, uh, he had, <laughs> this he had two kids with each each of these women. He was he was slinging dick around. That's that he was he was famous, bro. He was he was basketball player famous. He was doing it just like an NBA player would do right now. Mm. D- different girl in every every city. He was the Sean Kemp of his time.
1: Dude, A conspiracy that we could do at a later date. Is the Phoenix Suns because I hear that like Phoenix is such a shitty city to live in that they were the organization, the Phoenix Suns, were paying prostitutes. Oh, that, I, I don't think try that's a conspiracy. Tried to get pregnant by uh, get uh, pregnant by players so they'd keep them fucking,
0: to build the uh, economy,
1: tied, uh, tied to the Phoenix. Yeah, that would you also know, so build the economy.
0: Like, that is genius,
1: exactly, dude. Like, I that that's why they should make doesn't. sex work legal, but. Um sorry, I keep on fucking going on some tangents,
2: but uh go ahead. I was gonna say that doesn't sound outside the realm of Phoenix. Phoenix is like it's it's, a trash it's a city. Metri- it's this is really scuzzy
0: metropolitan area for sure. Trash City.
2: Fucking you act
1: this motherfucker acts like he lives in Phoenix. They want to <laughs> have no fucking shit ass internet like that in
2: Phoenix, dude. Where are you at, really? Where are you at? I, really? you I at, lived really? in I lived in the worst part. I lived in fucking. No, where do you live, people- right? Where are you right now?
1: Unless you don't okay. want to geographically like share your location.
2: It's a it's a Gold Canyon, Arizona, which is like the very the very dick tip of the Phoenix metro area. But when we lived here, we lived in this place called Apache Junction, AJ, and that was like fucking meth houses burning down and fucking. It's, yeah. Well, did they have you, better
1: yeah. internet? They had good internet there, yeah. <laughs>
0: all right. Hey, right. that's the fucking trade off. But right, <laughs> so back to. Okay. So Lind- Charles. Charles. Charles Lindbergh was at the. He was the man. He was the most famous, famous fucking person in the world, pretty much. In 1929, he married uh, Annie Mar. Ann Morrow. She was uh, a hair of one of the partners of JP Morgan. And uh, her dad was her dad was Lindbergh's financial advisor. So they marry in 19. So he basically
1: had like a fucking person that was a head of a bank that fucking had like insider information on like good investments to make. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I was wondering how this dude got so rich from flying just across the ocean. Like, was he like was spirit of St. Louis? Like,
0: oh, I'm sure dude, I'm sure he was
1: Pepsi. He was the most <laughs>
0: famous man in the world. He was getting paid to do everything. I'm sure a lot of it was like, I don't know what the rich per- people version of a county fair is, but like, I, f- I feel like he-, he was at conferences. That he paid was me. probably
1: getting like an appearance fee. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay.
0: I I can only relate to like poor people go to the county fair to see Harold, the world's tallest midget
1: yeah they used to have fucking real fucking
2: heroes yeah you know? i think <laughs> it, just that it's, midget <laughs> i think it's called a a, cat, a cotillion i think that i saw that on gilmore girls so cotillion is, is the is the rich person equivalent of a county fair okay oh,
1: i thought i thought that was what a super tall midget is <laughs> called <laughs>
2: <laughs> a cotillion yeah
1: that makes more sense, dude. And like Gilmore Girls, fuck off, dude. Different
2: podcasts. <laughs> if you so, don't like them, we've be making a bunch of Gilmore Girl references throughout the series of this show. Speak now.
0: That I'm going to tell you did. right now, that Gilmore Girl reference was the was spot on you had information that me and i wasn't aware of from gilmore girls girls so i'm cool with it but
1: if you're a betting man you probably thought you was talking about the midget too no no no. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> i've been gambling with you dude like <laughs> i've seen you put like a hundred dollars bill into a slot machine and lose it within like five seconds
0: i have all the Pressing- time dude
1: Pressing the instant spin button. You don't even like pulling the lever. You're just like,
0: tell me if I win. Take it, take it, take it, take it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Ann Morrow and Charles Lindbergh were married uh, May 27th of 1929 at uh, the Morrow Estate in Inglewood, New Jersey. Uh, they had six children. I could only find the names of three of them. One of them died last year, bro.
1: Was it the one from that was
0: kidnapped? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so actually it was it spoiler was, alert, it
1: wasn't like it was, it was Charles
0: Lindbergh Jr., John Lindbergh, uh Ann Lindbergh, which is weird that they would name their daughter. So like Ann Jr., Scott and Reeve. Fucking little baby Charlie, Johnny, Annie. and which
1: one was kidnapped?
0: Uh Charles Jr. So, so Charles, they got
1: the best one.
0: Yeah, they got the first one. At, Oh man, I just came up with a conspiracy. He made a deal with the devil, and the devil took his firstborn child. Uh, this they had they had six children. The oldest one, Charles Lindbergh Jr., uh, was born in 1930. When, when he was 21 months old, on March 1st, 1932, he was abducted from his crib in the house of the Lindbergh home, and in East Amwell, uh, New Jersey.
1: See, I'm picturing something like uh, that movie "Raising in Arizona uh, with Nicolas Cage and Holly Hunter where they steal the fucking, uh, like, this uh, rich, like, furniture salesman has, uh, like, fucking, what do you call it when you have, like, five of the same, you know, it's like twins times five.
0: Oh, yeah, five Not templates. Ten,
1: but yeah, but <laughs> quintuplets quintuplets, <laughs> quintuplets. yeah they I, heard, quintuplets. I heard that
0: on Gilmore Girls
1: <laughs> they have uh, quintuplets and <laughs> that robot laughed dude I hope it fucking records exactly like that oh god oh yeah but yeah it's a movie where Nicolas Cage steals fucking
0: all know, five of them
1: just one of them oh. but he steals the best one Naven Jr oh. yeah.
0: okay um, Okay, so the baby was taken from his upstairs room.
1: Hey, baby, you come on me. Oh. <laughs> Take your diapers and put them in the bag, say.
0: I really wish this, the, this was the, the voice he made, man. So, between nine, at around 9 p.m., he was kidnapped from the second floor of the home. He was found missing by his nurse, Betty Gal. Like around ten o'clock, uh, and then she told the parents, who quickly searched the residence. This sounds so much like John Bonham Ramsey, <laughs> and found a ransom note demanding fifty thousand dollars. Is found on the nurse on the windowsill of the nursery. Uh, they called the police, who called the New Jersey State Police, who took over the investigation. While they were searching the residence, they found mud on the floor of the nursery and then footprints. Muddy footprints, I don't know if you've ever stepped on mud and you just slide, you know mm-hmm. see so they couldn't really tell how big they were and then a a broken ladder, like a wood ladder that was it was extendable, but it had broken, and there was there was no blood or anything, no fingerprints, just some footprints and a missing baby. Another ransom note comes five days later, uh demanding seventy thousand dollars.
1: No, I did look, and that's like equivalent to like a million plus in today's money that's a pretty significant change but definitely not too too much for the most famous man in the world
0: yeah well or the most famous baby in the world i guess
1: well i mean he was just (laughs) a baby like what the fuck did he yeah like those babies that wear band t-shirts like he
0: can he can just make more dude the police had a had a conference with prosecutors uh police head-ups and government representatives and they they talked about how they were going to handle the case since it was a famous person it was it's got to be the case of the century because it was really the first time famous people were like super famous people uh had something go wrong with them
1: well like the most in the public and the public guy the most famous people like i think the only thing that you could claim that you know may give it competition as far as crime of the century is like the oj trial as far as you know you know because he was pretty huge pop culturally you know i don't think any of us really are like old enough to like understand how huge he was but that was at the tail end of the century but oj and uh you really got away the fact of like what's more impressive fucking going across the atlantic ocean by yourself solo without refueling or stopping or rushing for 2000 yards in a 14 game
0: season. you know it's re- you know it's really pretty impressive feeling the most famous man in the world's baby out of an upstairs window while everybody's home. That's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, cuz you'd got to think that there's like I mean if he had a nurse, like there's got to be like other people, right? There's like, yeah, there's maids, there's you know or It's,
0: it's know, 9 o'clock sure. at night so the groundskeeper's probably probably not there. Or in his quarters,
1: but there's like a staff, yeah. Um, so there's yeah. gonna be people around, and you know, I I can't imagine it's like a house that you could just like walk up to. So, that's odd.
0: On the March eighth, Lindbergh's attorney received a third ransom note, uh, stating that the Lindberghs could not choose, could not, they had no no saying anything here, and that the kidnappers wanted a note in the newspaper, and then on the same day. Dr. John John F. Condon, a school principal, he published in the Bronx Home News an offer to act as a go-between to and for a, and to pay an extra thousand dollars towards the ransom. And then the following day he got a ransom note that the the kidnappers accepted it and that uh you
1: want to be involved, dude? Yeah, fucking here you go.
0: <laughs> and then Lindbergh Lindbergh was like, Yeah, let's let's do this. So on March 10th, 1932. Dr. Condon was given the $70,000 cash as ransom and immediately started negotiations through newspaper columns, columns using the codename Jaffsey. So these guys, are right, ta- these guys are talking back and forth in the newspaper, just out in the public about fucking the biggest ca- the crime of the century. It's huge right now while this is going on. So... March 12.
1: What happened? Like, did he eventually meet up with the guy?
0: Yeah, we're gonna get there. There's more okay. ransom. There's more ransom notes, dude. Jeez. Okay, <laughs> I mean,
1: Con- okay so
0: it's just Is like- this
1: the
2: Zodiac killer, dude. I <laughs> I was gonna, a- so what? So why did they just get some random ass doctor to do the talking? Like, why? It was a principal.
0: Gonna- it, 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 it was yeah.
2: It was a principal. He
0: was a doctor. His name was Doctor Condon. He posted an ad in the fucking Bronx Home News offering up his services
2: this looks like a job for me what the
0: fuck <laughs> he, he first, also, off, yes. first
1: off unless he's a medical doctor he's not a doctor okay whether you fucking got a phd to become a school principal that's fine by me but i'm not gonna call you a doctor principal he
0: was principal at the school of surgery dude uh, okay k, k through six. <laughs> schools of surgery don't have
1: principals dude k through six <laughs> <laughs> yeah pre-med dude fucking. okay
0: <laughs> okay so March 12th uh, Condon received another note it was delivered by a cab driver who had received it from a stranger <laughs> the message stated that there was another note under a stone at a vacant lot it said it gave the instructions where to uh, find where to go to find another, the new note the sixth note so after, after finding the sixth note Dr. Condon met with a, an unidentified man who called himself John. I don't know why I, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Met with a guy named John at a cemetery. Uh, they discussed payment of the ransom in person. Um, the, the stranger gave Dr. Colon, uh b- the baby's sleeping suit that it was wearing whenever he stole it to show that they actually had the baby.
1: They'd be it, sleeping suit were they fucking Mormon or something?
0: Dude, it was the 1920s. They wore weird stuff. Men walked around with sleeping caps on.
1: That was a man. Sick, sacred Mormon sacred underwear joke. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> those are better times, man. I wish I I longed for the day that I could wear like a really long night shirt and one of those little cappies and dude. just have like, a single candle on a stick. I don't think anyone
1: you know would question if you were to fucking
2: If I wore that to fucking I I, I would wear that shit to the grocery store anyway. A dress and a dunce hat
0: that's all it is is a dress and a dunce hat
2: (laughs) Well my birthday is coming up guys
0: Okay Put it on your Amazon wish list
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay so they gave him the baby sleepy suit
0: with a seventh ransom note, which I'm not sure what was in that one, then an eighth—that eight, was on March 16th. On March 24th, an eighth ransom note was received by Dr. Condon, insisting on complete compliance and advising that the kidnapping had been planned for a year. Uh, on March 29th, Betty Gao, the Lindbergh nurse, found the infant's thumb guard, which she was, which it was wearing at the time of the kidnapping. I'm not sure what a thumb guard is. Probably something that kids use to not bite their fingers when they're teething or something the fall fo- the following day conan got the ninth note threatening to increase the ransom to a hundred thousand they were refusing a code a code in the newspaper i'm not sure what the code was i wish they had news i could find the newspaper articles i probably could have if i'd looked a little harder <laughs> he got a 10th ransom note on april 32nd instructing him to have the money ready the next night uh, Condon replied with an ad in the newspaper, the 11th on the second, he got an 11th ransom note from, uh, another taxi driver. And then he found a 12th ransom note, ransom note under a stone. The 11th note gave him another little scavenger hunt to get to another stone. He made it to the Bronx. And then the same evening he, he got, he followed the instructions of the 12th note and uh, again, met with the John guy. Uh, they were going to reduce the the ransom to fifty thousand. Now they're, it's fucking two weeks in. They're trying to cut money off. Like they don't, they don't think the kids still alive.
2: What's going? Yeah, like what's going on? Like this whole time, just, just like because they're rich as fuck, right? Like they have the money. Yeah. For this.
0: The baby, the baby died during the kidnapping. Okay, supposedly so just trying to
2: bullshit yeah. their way into some money. okay yeah
0: yeah. so he gave, he gave the stranger the money and for a receipt and then uh, also the thirteenth note it, it contained where to find the child. He was supposedly on a boat named Nelly in Martha's Vineyard. Uh, John, the strange the un- unidentified John walked into the woods and then they went to Martha's Vineyard the next day and didn't find the baby. They went again, and Dr. Positive was certain that he could recognize John if he ever saw him again. And that becomes huge for the trial. Uh, on May 2nd, or on May 12th, two and a, a month and a half after little baby Charlie was kidnapped, he was accidentally found four and a half miles from the Lindbergh Road, 45 feet off the highway. Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. Is this the big
0: reveal? They found baby? Yeah. It, it's common knowledge, man. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> <you> just... <laughs> I thought. I thought they never <laughs> found him.
1: <laughs> they found. <laughs> I just fucking said a uh, made up a fake fucking. Uh, Mandela effect that only was relevant to him because when we suggested that we do this episode the first thing I said I was like oh yeah and by the way that baby like definitely died <laughs> but yeah it is very common knowledge that uh, the baby died thanks
2: for coming in prepared bud um, it,
0: it was badly decomposed
2: this, uh, uh, this podcast is for people who haven't heard these stories so Anyways, the body is completely, err, badly decomposed.
0: Yeah, Uh the head was crushed, which is got it's it's got to be pretty hard to crush a head. There was a hole in the skull.
1: A baby's head.
0: Yeah, it's not a baby. I mean, he's eighteen months old, twenty months oh, old. Oh, he
1: was eighteen months old. I thought yeah. he was like a, a a lot younger. So yeah, definitely how, harder to crush that head. But a how baby's you... head, I bet it's pretty easy to crush a baby's head. How about,
0: um, how about coming prepared, dog? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. So the baby's found on May 12th. There was a lot of crazy shit that went on that happened while before the baby was found. Uh, kidnapping his child and taking him across state lines was not a felony until after Lin- the Lindbergh baby was kidnapped. They did some investigating to find out who the fuck did this. Uh, John Condon, after the body was discovered, did his own PI work on the case. Uh, everybody thought he was a suspect. And it, yeah, it, I mean, he's it's, uh, I mean, if he is it's all over perfect the place. crime, he's Principal, the perfect crime
1: doctor and private investigator. Like,
0: Oh, and yeah. don't forget about middleman in a fucking ransom case.
1: Yeah, talk about fucking Jack of uh, all trades master of none, though, because I mean, he bots the ransom handling. I mean,
0: Uh we're talking about we're talking about Great Depression, Prohibition times, right? When was Prohibition? Nineteen twenty to nineteen thirty-three. So, so yeah. we're we're in the mid, we're right in the smack dab middle of Prohibition, uh, right in the middle of the Great Depression. People are trying to make money, and retired principals don't have money, bro.
1: That's true. So was it condom?
0: No, it wasn't
1: condom. I, I sound like sounds like how uh, British people say condom, condom. But uh, so it wasn't the principal.
0: No, it was, it, well, it was not the principal. Uh, he, but he kept investigating.
1: It's like we hope to find that. you um, know I mean, it's like that By, uh, South Park episode. Like we hope to find that uh, some Puerto Rican guy.
0: Well, <laughs> pretty much, but this guy would in public. Scream! Oh my God, there he is! And go chase after somebody. And it, I mean, it was just him looking for attention. Ah, uh, so they they tried tracking the money. They had serial. They had the serial numbers. And they sent copies of the serial numbers out to two hundred fifty thousand businesses in New York City on May first, nineteen thirty-three. A guy brought twenty-nine hundred dollars to bank for exchange, and it was bills from the ransom, and he had given a fake name. When he turned to me, what was it, John? No, it was, well, it, it could have been. It was J.J. Faulkner.
1: Okay, John, John Faulkner. So Faulkner.
0: So yeah. So during the uh, during a thirty three month period after the after the ransom was paid, uh, the bills were spent throughout New York City, and detectives had realized that a lot of them were being spent along the Lexington Avenue subway route between the Bronx and Manhattan and uh, in a German Austrian neighborhood called Yorkville in on September 18th in 1934 a uh, teller at one of the at a bank noticed a gold certificate from the ransom with a New York license plate number penciled on it on the like on that written on the outside there was a license mm-hmm. plate number and it, the bill was traced to a nearby gas station because someone had got the bill wrote the license plate number i don't know if this was common common to do back then to for counterfeit prevention but write license plate numbers on bills but this i, I don't know that this guy wrote it yeah, on well, there like
1: i think like because like what he actually had were like gold bonds yeah yeah instead of bills Yeah. So that's what he, actual he, bills, he, he so. took
0: 2900 dollars in gold bonds to that manhattan bank and they found out they were but yeah this uh that's, I just find it weird that he wrote it on the money, but yeah, he, the gas station manager thought he was suspicious or a counterfeiter, so he wrote his license plate down. And the license plate belonged to a guy named Richard Richard Hauptmann, a German immigrant with a criminal record.
1: And I hear he was also a carpenter as well, in uh, my research, so that he would have been able to make would, a ladder
0: or he would have had a ladder I mean the yeah, carpenters already gonna have a ladder
1: because I heard it was some uh that you know I read that the ladder was broken
0: yeah uh, yeah it was it was it was a two-piece ladder and one one side was broken
2: is it is it uncommon at the time to own a ladder
0: <laughs> yeah it was that
2: kind of seemed, oh really
0: yeah, okay, and that and, and, like yeah you're question. like
1: carpenter had the ladder dude. Yeah. like well is I it, think I mean what ha- I, I Like additional stuff that I heard that like something allowed the case to like actually, you know, take off was like the FBI and Department of Justice like offered their full uh, resources and were able to bring in a bunch of experts. And they're actually able to, you know, trace the wood from the ladder back to a specific lumber yard that Hoppen Actually worked at and stuff. Oh, so shit. there's a bunch of like evidence that you know uh, led to him supposedly. When he was
0: when he was arrested, he had a, a single twenty dollars gold certificate in his pocket and fourteen thousand dollars of ransom money in his garage. <laughs> you really <laughs> you really know it's that's like, like
1: red handed.
0: Yeah, caught yeah. red handed. Uh, he was he was interrogated and beaten throughout the night and day after being arrested. Uh, He claimed that the money was left by his friend named Isidore Fish, but Fish had died in 1934 uh, when he returned to Germany.
1: Uh, I thought that that sounded like a made-up name uh, for a second there. But one thing that I found funny about it is that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the ransom notes have, like, uh, misspellings and stuff and a lot of people were like oh how could like a uh, you know idiot you know have uh pulled off this like elaborate heist but just turns out like he was a foreigner yeah yeah you know? it's <laughs> just some german guy now did he have hopman have any connection to the family at all was he like a groundskeeper was it an like, no. inside job at all or
0: no that what did you read about familiar. him
1: that sounds peculiar to me. I didn't read anything, you know, particular about Hoffman. Like I read that, you know, there's some belief I, that it re- could have been a inside job, but, you know, it appears that all the evidence, you know, points to this one specific guy, but there are like alternative theories such as him being actually set up. Because in the sense, like, you know, if you're planting evidence, you know, planting a single $20 note on a person is pretty simple. And then, like, going and breaking into their garage, you know, and planting that other ransom money, you know, that's definitely, I guess, like, if we're, you know, suspending you know our disbelief for a second here that's something that's definitely possible as far as him being set up but of course you need to you know understand you know why that is and that's why you know it's important to go and uh talk about maybe some of the possible other uh explanations
0: yeah well uh, hopman was hopman was executed for the for the death of this poor little baby
1: like two years after right yeah how long that. You know, it was like two years after the baby kidnapping that he was caught.
0: Yeah. he Well, yeah. In 1994, he was caught. Right. And he was electrocuted in 1936. So within five years of the crime, two years, four years of the crime, he was dead.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sure the federal government's never executed somebody that that was innocent.
0: Oh, no, man. Um, not, you know. not our government and as
1: far as <laughs> you know and i'm sure you know police have never actually coerced you know um confessions out of someone that's innocent as well through threats of violence but um, well
0: yeah they beat him into a confession you know? yeah so i mean there's a chance that this guy didn't
1: do it you know and especially with like the language gap who knows what took place but you know. Was that just,
2: like, a matter of public record at that time? Just, like, beat the shit out of him, and he confessed, and everyone's just like, yeah! I mean, with this American guy, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, like,
1: people were coming at him with the pitchforks, you know? So, like, it's That's, fucking... I mean,
2: that just sounds like 1920s America. Like, I don't know. They, yeah, like, they wouldn't even hide that they beat the shit out of someone. But uh, Yeah, that
1: was, like, when you're able to, you know, beat uh, queers and blacks, you know, publicly.
2: Yeah, you know, the uh,
1: good old days <laughs> uh, when America <laughs> when Back America, America, was, America oh, I guess this was something. the depression. I guess this was the, the, during the depression, so it wasn't during the glory days by any means. But definitely a different time. But I think that uh, this guy may have been set up, and
0: so he he very well could have been set up. The most the most famous belief is that he was. Him and Charles Lindbergh ran on it together.
1: Okay. So, you know, Hopman was like the fall guy.
0: Yeah, well, he was he was the doer.
1: The doer. So to kidnap the baby.
0: Lindbergh was would... the planner. Okay. Hopman was the doer.
1: Now was the baby? You know, why would they kidnap the baby though? Like, well, I know some kids well, suck. You know, like, have you ever met one of those kids and it's just like you're fucking annoying? Yeah, baby. dude. Yeah, for you sure. Do nothing like. We'll just I we'll swear. just go with
0: we'll just go with that. So we. <laughs> so basic <laughs> basically, there's some rumors about Lindbergh that he was into some some beliefs.
1: Some beliefs, huh? yeah. If that's what we want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> like we we're really really. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he's an American hero. I get it. Yeah,
0: why? Why tarnish his name?
1: Yeah, Let's not get them.
0: into semantics. <laughs> Charles or Lindbergh was anti- a Charles Semantics. Lindbergh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charles Lindbergh was a Nazi sympathizer, or
2: <sighs> oh shit, okay.
0: So I mean... his child was a little off. He believed he was a supporter of eugenics. Which is so, a Nazi sympathizer. I mean, symbol I, I,
1: symbol. I, I, I don't think, I mean, I think the, the term Nazi sympathizer, you know, I think like is premature because this is yeah. before,
0: um, before the, the know, world the war II. Hitler, Hitler ran um, national socialist party. But
1: if you look at his beliefs and some of his statements, they are
0: aligned
1: very closely with that of the, uh, you know, uh, Nazi party, such as his belief on, you know, eugenics. Now, what was wrong with the kid? Like, do we know?
0: No, th- there's oh, just man. speculation that maybe I had a cleft lip or club leg or.
1: Jeez, a cleft lip. Like, isn't that something that just could be like. Again, up? this is 1928. Yeah, just like,
0: oh. Remember we, how we talked about county fairs? What, what
1: was his wife's name again? It was like, honey. And, you know? and yeah. you know, your uterus is acting up again. <laughs> you know, our Charles Jr. has got a cleft palate and a club leg. <laughs> 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 like, fucking. <like, and laughs> Uh, just blame it on uh, fucking women and, you know, uh, no immigrants, probably. Well, yeah, that was another thing. <laughs> he didn't like immigrants or Jewish people. Yes. I mean, uh, here's here's a good quote uh, that I like. Um, you know, the three most um, important groups who have been pressing this country towards war are the British, the Jewish and the Roosevelt administration. And he like it's this crazy speech that you You want to
0: listen to it uh, we can listen to it
1: like the crazy part is it pretty short or yeah
0: it's i got like a minute and 27 seconds oh yeah let's listen to it
2: the horse's mouth in this country and abroad who will do their utmost to draw us into
1: war against these interests we must be continuously on guard but american opinion
2: But American opinion is now definitely and overwhelmingly
0: against our involvement.
2: If we desire
0: to keep America out of war, we must take the
1: lead in offering a plan for peace. That plan should be based upon the welfare of America. It should be backed by an impregnable system of defense. It should incorporate terms of mutual advantage. But it should not involve the internal affairs of Europe. They never were and never
2: will be carried on according to our
0: desires. Basically, it's going to say, fuck Europe. Damn,
1: that yeah, money. so he had a uh, isolationist you know, view. Like there's, you know, the two stances, you know, World War Two of, you know, having like he was part um, or associated with the American first America first uh, uh, committee that is very familiar to, you know, some of the rhetoric that uh, Donald Trump was running on as far as, you know, uh, not having an interventionist uh, strategy in foreign affairs uh, focusing on, you know, uh, kind of lowering immigration and just, you know, keeping, you know uh, everything, you know, isolated. Yeah about your own problems
0: national socialism nazi
1: hey nazi (laughs) (laughs) so and i remember and he also had this idea that you know uh because there were you know people of color such as you know uh the japanese and uh world war ii uh that there was this uh external threat Uh, To the white race of, you know, people of color rising up to the ranks and that, you know, uh, a lot of these uh, white countries that are going to war um, should really put their disagreements aside to really like fucking send the Japanese to hell more or less. (laughs) So, um, so he had some pretty extreme views. So it is possible that he would want to get rid
0: of his baby and just, yeah, well, not only, only if it was deformed in some way.
1: It had to be a pretty, you know, for me to want to get rid of a baby like now.
0: You've never had, had one, dude. It doesn't take much. It, it, <laughs>
1: you know, it, it had to be a pretty crazy deformity, though, for me to like. Yeah. Hide. Yeah. But even then, I may just like hide it in the attic, you know. But
0: like, this like, is like, a f- raw fish heads. This is know? a famous person in 1934,
1: 32. True. And you can't just have like an abortion or whatever. Yeah. You know?
0: postpartum especially
1: especially, yeah the fourth trimester yeah
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) but uh what if the baby was just like really ugly like what if it's just an ugly ass baby and that was deformed enough because i mean like i don't know like this is a fun this is a fun little dive into the possibility of him killing the baby because of eugenics or getting rid of i think i think
1: the only two pictures of or, like, the picture behind and then the baby dead. So, unfortunately... Oh,
0: there's, no, there's more pictures. Oh, there's, Hold there's, on. There's, there's more. more. Pictures. I, have, I have one
1: here. So, uh. Let's see if we could see, like, if his legs are bowed or something like that. I don't know. But another thing that I think is uh, more plausible, you know, but goes align with the uh, Lindbergh Dean and Cahoots with uh, Hampton is that it was accidental. Um, uh,
0: there's him in a chair. All right, let's see if we can see his legs.
1: He looks like... <laughs> classic old timey baby clothes. <laughs> he kind of looks lame, dude, especially in that five reasons why the Lindbergh baby. It's like probably five re- reasons why the Lindbergh baby was killed. Plus, not like, five reasons
0: why the Lindbergh baby was killed.
1: Number four will shock you.
0: What if it was just his curly hair?
1: Yeah, fucking don't like his curly hair redhead
0: what but his well there's something in the way what is he ah, that that photo confuses me Ah, there's one yeah i
1: think the most like plausible thing is that it was accidental and that this baby was dropped from the ladder it was actually
0: kidnapped by somebody but it was accidentally killed
1: yeah so like either you know yeah like when they're carrying out the baby you know, because they said that the ladder was broken on one side. Yeah. What if he like fell, breaks the fall with the baby, crushes, crushes the skull, his <laughs> leaves it in the nearby woods, you know, and it's like What's shit, do? What this did not what do I do? What go fucking do? Do do? well at all. Because and...
2: for me, like the broken ladder is kind of like the smoking gun of it. Like that's why it's so conspiratorial to me because I mean like if somebody broke into the house, 9pm everybody's home You can hear a fucking ladder breaking, right? They're not just like, snap. uh, Probably nothing. Probably just some Jews in the street. What if? What if? You know,
1: you remember that time uh, Michael Jackson took Baby Blanket and like threw him over that balcony? What if fucking Charles Lindbergh was doing that to the baby and was like, hey, everyone, look, America, this is America's baby. And then actually so, dropped that shit.
0: That is a kind of a theory that was uh, brought, brought th- the uh, defense attorney Gregory Algren claimed in his book, uh, Crime of the Century, the Lindbergh kidnapping hoax. So the whole book is based on Charles Lindbergh, like, was a prankster, you know? He was the Ashton Kutcher of his time.
2: <laughs> You've just been. <laughs>
0: Berg, yeah.
2: <laughs> welcome to welcome to bamboozled with me, your host, child Lindbergh.
0: <laughs> so the what 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 Algren claims is that Lindbergh climbed up the ladder to pretend like he was kid. The baby was kidnapped. He was gonna fuck with the the maid, or we we know he's a horn dog, so maybe he was banging the maid or the nurse. So he took the son out of yeah, the I'm window. Gonna
1: pretend I'm going to kidnap the baby and then fuck her.
0: <laughs> it was and he fucking, fell no. off the
1: fucking He fell off the fucking ladder, broke his fall with the baby, crushed the skull, fucking panicked and threw it in the fucking woods.
0: Exactly. That's the whole theory. The whole theory is.
1: And then went inside and fucked the fucking maid and was like, hey, you should probably check on the baby. <laughs> and she said, oh, shit. Charles Junior is gone. (laughs) (laughs) I think. I think we uh, case fucking closed, dude. He was thinking with his dick. Fucking (laughs) didn't have a ladder. Didn't have a ladder, so he made a fucking makeshift ladder, (laughs) and then it obviously broke because he was not a fucking a uh, carpenter, because, like, why would a fucking carpenter, like, have a shitty ladder, you know? So, like, I don't think Compton's uh, fucking ladder's breaking if... I
0: would know. a rich person have a shitty ladder.
1: Yeah, that's why fucking... He was probably drunk, thinking with this dick. He's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. How do I get up there? I'm gonna build a ladder. Fucking built this ladder. Fucking totally fucking snapped, like, immediately. It like, it was enough to hold him. Barely. But as soon as that, like, added weight of the baby fucking it just immediately snapped and let him tumble in my name is charles Lindbergh. welcome to jackass <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. oh god i didn't think we were gonna be on make dead babies funny uh
2: but we uh found some way to do it um that's for sure babies dying is terrible yes but we did find a way to make it pretty darn pretty darn joke joking like yeah Pretty darn jokingly. <laughs> fucking a man with
1: words, fucking author, and um, I a, yeah, I as book. far as the uh <laughs> three uh yeah, you uh you wrote a book in the sense that Charles Lindbergh made a ladder. <laughs> Just, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, your book was a lot it's better still, It's still you, technically baby you made too. a ladder out of your books, dude. It would have fucking that baby would still be alive today. Or Jess had died. (laughs) Um, But as far as like the three main theories, I guess. So we have that.
0: It's really just just a guy was executed for one. And then there's the other one where someone dropped the baby out the fucking window on accident.
1: Yeah. Whether it was the uh, kidnapper, the prankster, uh, the bamboozler, Charles Lindbergh. And I honestly think a guy was set up. I mean, I'd have to go through the evidence, you know, and I assume like, uh, everyone was able to like confirm that's him, but like, no one's going to be that Tim. Like people are going to go with the mob, especially back then.
0: It's too you know? hard to not just look at Hopman and go, Hey, yeah. Cause it's everything. like,
1: but like my whole thing is like a carpenter. Like why the fuck would he like not have a better ladder?
0: Because he was a poor carpenter and he was kidnapping kids. So he could, Buy a new ladder.
1: This is all fucking. See, like, we could have stopped, like, the two biggest things that happened this time period if, like, people just, like, bought up fucking Hitler's paintings, you know, and supported his art career. And maybe he wouldn't have gone into politics. And then, you know, had we bought this guy ladder.
0: Yeah. If still ladders existed, he the Lindbergh baby would have never died and we'd be living in a world of.
1: And then prohibition, you know, if we're allowed to drink, you know, maybe like fucking Lumberg wouldn't be trying to like bang so many women all the time. And oh, he
0: didn't try yeah. that guy got it done.
1: <laughs> the spirit of St.
0: Louis. Yeah. Dude. That's what he named um, his penis as well. Yeah. I think,
1: I think <laughs> that there's a, uh, you know, I, I, I have it. It's like breaking into Fort Knox and stealing the most famous kid. You Know it's like some fake, like John Claude Van Damme movie plotline or Steven Seagal plotline, where like I stole the president's daughter, that shit doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, know? it's it sounds like a movie, It, it it's a lot, it's, it's an inside job, but you got to understand.
1: I, I honestly could see it was him praying a prank and then like he fell and just like in the sink, like putting your hands out to fall, but he's
0: holding the baby, you know, so it's just. He he, chested the baby and landed face down. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: obviously, like rip roar and drunk. I just feel like during prohibition is when people are actually the drunkest that America's ever been in history.
0: Well, like, people like people all over big cities made money kidnapping famous people and their children. Like that was like it was it was regular everyday shit.
1: That's why key when having children in 2022, always get your children chipped When child chips. No, <laughs> <And with that. laughs> our first sponsor, dude, is like a fucking company.
2: Uh, It'd just be the,
0: in the COVID vaccine, right?
2: Yeah, man. it's just no. It's just a picture of a fucking toddler with an earring. Except for the earring is one of those things you like fucking tag cows with,
0: <laughs> or or yeah, you just glue a glue one of those Apple things to their forehead. Are they called Apple Airs.
2: Yeah,
1: Air Tags. Yeah, yeah. Like it, just hot glue them yeah. to
0: their heads. So uh, are, are we? uh Are we kind of split on this? I, I believe. Think
1: Hop- I, I think we're split because I believe Hotman he, did it. It was case closed. Well, I believe Hot. I,
0: I believe Hotman was telling the truth when he talked about his buddy that is a Cedra that died in Germany. I think they were, did it together just because they, they were poor immigrants trying to buy a new ladder.
1: I mean, fucking tail as old as time, basically that one. Buying a ladder and you end up fucking smashing a baby when you fall from your fucking one that needs to be replaced and have to go fucking scramble to hide it. And it's like really not that far away. It's like, had they, like, just, like, all held hands in, like, a circle and just, like, walked out and, like, kept doing that, they probably would have found
0: it, but... It was 1932 that technology wasn't created yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> yeah. I was thinking, like, I was like, yeah, you're right. It was old times back then. <laughs> <laughs> they, didn't to,
0: they didn't know how to comb a field. While right, my so,
1: uh, you were shocked by the baby actually dying, so sorry if this uh, was traumatic for you, but... Uh, who do you think did it? No,
2: yeah, you know me. I'm the best. The best to prepare. I'm with you. Like I really think, like fucking Miss Mrs. Lindenberg left the house that day, just like, all right, Charles, I'm going to Martha's Vineyard. Don't forget to buy a new ladder and don't fuck the maid. And then
0: he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't listen to her at all. He
2: didn't do what you was <laughs> well, <laughs> he was told. Make sure was, the baby doesn't die.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> you're gonna be bamboozled, honey, because. Fuck your ladder, and I'm gonna fuck the maid.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I think. (laughs) Well, well, don't kill the baby. (laughs) Oh, you. It's like, well, whatever you
1: do, don't kill the baby, and uh, you know, certainly don't break that antique ladder. (laughs) 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 You know, there's only enough. It can only. It's only strong enough to carry one person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could go. Something could seriously go wrong if you pretend to kidnap the kid while trying to play a prank <laughs> on the maid. While before you're trying to fuck her, <laughs> dude. I just love that we like portrayed him as some fucking serial pervert that just like. He is
0: a serial pervert.
1: <laughs> <his> child, dude. <laughs> fucking shielding him, shielding his fall with his fucking eighteen-month-old <laughs> child. God damn, that's horrible.
2: Uh, it's just like uh, it, every every time I think about it, it just becomes more cartoonish. He's just up on the ladder and it snaps and he just like throws the baby but catches himself and he's like, Oh, that was a close one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then all the rungs on the ladder break and he fucking lands on his head. No, he's like he's like,
1: it's only like a second story window, so he's like hanging from the windowsill. Baby comes down like and breaks the ladder. <laughs> because <laughs> I still like that. It's like a, ha- it's a homemade ladder. because <laughs> Remember we established that. You know, unless you're a carpenter, you fucking you know, or a tradesman, you know, you didn't have a fucking ladder.
2: It was the Great Depression. There were only 113 ladders in America. Like, do you ever That's see how land. like those videos of them
1: making skyscrapers? they like literally just tie a rope around you and then just like fucking like pull you up and have you fucking tighten shit dude it's the most insane nerve-wracking shit for someone that's like afraid of heights like yeah i can't I can like watching that, that, that stuff yeah. was
0: 1932 afraid wasn't yeah. invented yet
1: yeah but like oh man this is giving me anxiety and I'm like anxiety what are you son nancy <laughs> 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 or actually, if we're you got the depression Japanese, they would have we died. all have depression I'm yeah. uh, just like what are you yellow <laughs> Dang.
0: I'm glad you said I'm Japanese so I can say this before, before you said that
1: yeah you know
0: <laughs> alright oh, hit well, him with uh, the closer Max
1: uh, some of this might be bullshit some of it might be true but that's up for you to decide I was tr- going to try to make another dead baby pun
0: uh, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> uh,
0: alright
2: Drop a baby, it goes boo-boo. Birds Ain't Real is a counterculture media production. To keep up with Birds Ain't Real, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, and you can listen to us wherever you stream podcasts. Thank you for listening.